Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Dave Kovar, and I'm excited about today's show. Today's show is titled The Samurai Mindsets, and it has to do with the mindset that a warrior would have traditionally before battle, during battle, and after battle. And And I got this information through my years of training with Shion Mikayo Nishiuchi. Shion Nishiuchi is uh, my Iaido, which is the peacetime art of the seminar, samurai, the art of drawing the sword, and my Kabuto, ancient uh, Okinawan weaponry instructor. And I've been training with him for nearly 30 years. He comes to my dojo twice a month and he's a special man he's been training he's actually uh he's probably in his late 70s now and he picked up his first art was actually uh he picked up the art of the sword when he was six or seven years old so he's literally got 70 years of martial arts experience and he's like a real samurai when you meet him and talk to him he's just an authentic martial arts true and true and i've been real blessed and privileged to be able to to call him my 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 sensei my shihan and uh over the years we will do lots of great training when it comes to physical training but what i value more than anything else is really the the gems of wisdom that he's uh you know, shared with us over the years about really the warrior lifestyle. And it's really important to understand when I'm talking about the warrior lifestyle, I'm not talking about you literally have to be a, in a law enforcement or, or in the military to utilize this lifestyle. Anybody can do it. It's, it's, uh, it's really living your life at your best. And uh, what I want to talk about today is really four different mindsets that samurai had. And these weren't practiced just by samurai. These, these are classical Zen Buddhism terms. Uh, but in their application, hopefully you will find them valuable. Uh, as I have in, in, in my life and in my training. And, and probably more than anything else, these, these mindsets, uh, when you're aware of them, anytime you can put a label on something, uh, then it's easier to call upon again. It's kind of like having a recipe, right? Uh, you know, if you just happened to cross, you may, you know, you just happened to throw some stuff together in the kitchen and, and it turned out to be a, a really good. If you don't remember what, you, what the ingredients were uh, or how much of the ingredients, it's going to be really hard, really hard to replicate. However, if you know how much of what ingredient you put into the process was, then you can repeat that again, right? Well, these mindsets, when you truly understand them and you're, and you're conscious of them, what happens, you're way more likely to be able to call upon them and, and really develop them to get to the next level. So the first mindset uh, is the mindset called Shoshin. Shoshin roughly translated means beginner's mind. And beginner's mind is having the mind of a beginner. What do I mean by that? So first off, if if you've started something for the very first time, you've never done something. Like for me, a couple of years back, we lived by a golf course and my my wife has wanted us to go down and learn some golf. So a couple of years back, uh, I, I uh, she and I, she got me some golf clubs and we went down to the driving range, right? I showed up at the driving range for a lesson and I knew zero about golf. I Right now, I only know a little bit more, right? But uh, And in that lesson, man, I went in there and I you know, listened to the guy. I was open-minded. Hopefully, I was open-minded and receptive and really trying to figure it out. I had no assumptions. That's another important thing about uh, having the beginner's mind. You're going there open-minded and receptive, no assumptions, no guesses at what you think it's supposed to be like. And the value of a beginner's mind is, is a beginner's mind is reflective of somebody that's enthusiastic, excited, brings that kind of that, – that, uh, that kind of newness, that playfulness to a situation. Um, so an example of the beginner's mind, my father is 96 years old. And uh, if, you, if you've ever, some of you guys may have uh, maybe seen him on YouTube, if you YouTube his name, Len Kovar, L-E-N. K-O-V-A-R, and I think if you put Len Kuvar spar, you'll see him do a nine very short rounds for his 90th birthday, and there's various videos of me holding mitts with him and, and sparring with my son when my son was about 20, and my, my 
dad was uh, uh, about 92 or something anyway. But the, the point is he's been doing – he started with me in martial arts actually in his late 50s when he was about my age uh, as a student and you know continued to train, got his uh, third-degree black belt on his 30 – excuse me, on his 80th birthday and, and trained pretty consistently up until a few years ago. This His body, his balance is really bad now and so I really can't have him do a lot of stand-up anymore. But when I go to his place, I go visit him a couple times a week, he still wants to practice. So what we do is we sit down in chairs facing each other and we do trapping range skills or we will I'll pull out a butter knife out of the drawer and we'll practice knife defenses right he still is trying to you know uh, get his, his you know his trapping skills and, his, and he's he still wants to get better and I think it's just such an inspiring example of, of Shoshin I also see this a lot in in school owners that First off, of course, school owners that are, that are new and just opening up. I'm, um, as of today, this early this morning, I was actually working with a group of school owners, uh, and a couple of guys that are new or have only been in the business for a while came up and they had all these questions and they were just taking notes and soaking in every word. And hopefully I gave them some information that they can put to work to help them out. But that's a beginner's mind. I, I also see people that kind of have the attitude of been there, done that, right? And hey, I'll tell you what, I've been doing what I've been doing. Doing, running a martial arts school and teaching martial arts for over 40 years. And I uh, have to, re, you know, it's very easy for me to fall into the fixed mindset of, no, I already know that. I know how to do that. I have to remind myself, no, man, Shoshin, beginner's mind, be open and receptive. And when you do that, you're most likely to hear something new. And what I see in the, in the schools that are successful in my business and probably true in your business, if you're in a different business, is that people that continue to maintain their success over the years are people that bring that, that new mind, that beginner's mind to the equation on a regular basis. So the first one, I would, the first mind I would challenge you to embrace is beginner's mind. When you're going to do something, man, every day you're going to try something new, you're going to join a group, you're going to go to a lecture, whatever it is, man, empty your cup, so to speak, and go into the sixth situation with no expectations, uh, ready and receptive to learn something new and be open for that. And if you do, man, that's really the, you know, you're going to be, if you can maintain that mindset, you will be a forever learner and you will continue to grow and develop as, as, as you uh, mature. I know a lot of people that I went to high school with that were very smart people that maybe went on to get their graduate degree and and uh, uh, but many I know a couple one guy in particular that I'm thinking of really good guy good family person uh, r- really intelligent but I don't know that he's done anything to really. Uh, evolve as a person since he got out of grad school, right? In other words, it's kind of like, oh, that, you know, versus if your mindset is, I'm going to continue to learn, man, that's really going to serve you over the years. So that's the first mind. The second mind is Fudoshin. Fudoshin roughly translated means immovable mind, immovable mind. And the best example I can give you is the classic picture of, remember, imagine some uh, martial artist meditating under a waterfall in full lotus position, right? Now, we know that's probably a pretty hard thing to do, but that would be, imagine the, the, the water is 48 degrees and you're sitting under that, it's coming down on your head and shoulders, and you're able to sit absolutely still, calm mind. That would be an example of Fudoshin, right? Uh, and, you know, you'll see this all the time in, in, in every Everybody, you know, a good athlete. So if you're if you're watching a good quarterback in football, we're seeing uh, somebody out in front of his uh, his uh, um, 
the defenders are coming from all over and, and there's chaos on the field, but that man, that quarterback that knows what he's going, uh, what he's doing, that's been, that, that veteran that's been there, man, is just able to be calm and the, you know, immovable mind and able to see everything for what it is at the time. Or a first responder. Imagine a situation where maybe somebody is injured and people are panicking and running around and what do you know, man, that, that seasoned uh, paramedic shows up and walks in and assesses the situation and he just has he can he controls he calms everybody down around him he knows exactly what to do and how to handle the situation in a calm manner right or uh, you know a martial arts instructor that uh, all of a sudden walks into a room and the and the assistant instructor is teaching class and he's losing and, and the class consists of 14 uh, four and five year olds and they're all over the place and that that master instructor walks in is able to very quickly calmly control the situation right so that's fudoshin fudoshin again uh, immovable mind and I want you to think about this for a minute okay and how how you develop fudoshin is small challenges that you kind of build it's kind of like if you know if you want to uh, increase your bench press or number of push-ups you're not going to try to if you haven't done push-ups for years you're not going to try to bust out 100 push-ups the first time you do it you're going to bust you know you're going to do a few and then the next day you're going to do a few more but the whole idea when you're doing that is you 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 try not to show any pain on your face when you're doing that you are calm and under pressure so uh, many of you guys probably are familiar with an exercise called a captain's chair and and it probably goes by a bunch of different names okay or wall squats right or wall sits and this would be where I sit against a wall and I bend my knees so my, my, my rear end is even with my, my knees and I just hold as long as I can. If I want to magnify it, I hold a medicine ball. I'll do this with a 40-pound medicine ball and I'll lean against the wall and uh, tell you what happens is very quickly, um, based on how long you've been doing it and your level of conditioning and how heavy of a weight you're holding, it starts to hurt a lot. Well, this is a chance for you to have a very calm look on your face and to show no emotion, right? To really practice the part of being kind of the eye of the hurricane, so to speak. And Fudoshin is, is that ability to endure over pain. And so once again, how you do that is remember mental, uh, 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 you know, physical pain uh, and mental toughness are directly related. And if I can practice being calm, right, and dealing with with physical pain, and I'm not saying whack yourself in the head with a stick. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about, you know, maybe maybe holding a push-up halfway down or a deep horse stance with your arms locked, some exercise to where it looks on the outside like not a lot's happening. But boy, man, you can feel your arms and legs burning and you work on that calm, focus, stillness, fudoshin at that time, that's how you build it. If you can't do it, if you can't practice mental toughness in little things, then then you're not going to be able to do it in, in bigger things. That's why it's so important that that remember that that uh, you for you to use everyday adversity as a way to develop mental toughness, right? A way to develop fudoshin. So imagine you're stuck at a stoplight and you're late for an engagement. You're 10 minutes late. You're supposed to be on the other side of town. Whatever it is, you're trying to get to the airport or trying to get to an important meeting, and you're stuck. And there's nothing you can do about it. So you can stand there and you know at the light and bang on the uh, on the on the steering wheel and stomp your foot and whine, or you can practice Fudoshin. You can practice calm breathing because uh, as my dad always said, if being upset and angry helps, then be upset and angry. But if it doesn't, can you practice being calm? And that's really the mindset. So I would challenge you the next time you find yourself stressed out, uh, you know, behind schedule, something going on to just to be mindful to see if you can really practice that immovable mind, Fudoshin.
So that's number two. Step number three, the third mind I want to talk about today, the mindset of a samurai is what's called mushin. This is probably one that is most well-known. And mushin roughly translated means uh, no mind. And what it refers to is being totally immersed in whatever it is that you're doing without having to have a thought process. So you think about this. When you brush your teeth or when you tie your shoes, boom, chances are you don't have to think a lot about those. Those, they just, you automatically do them. Or maybe how you use your, this is one you probably thought, thought, thought about. After you get out of the shower, chances are the way you dry yourself, uh, you, you have a certain way that you do it. Um, you know, in martial arts, uh, uh, there's a term kata. Kata, roughly translated, means mold. And it refers to, like, imagine you're going to make a bunch of gingerbread cookies, right? You, t- you get the dough and you take a cookie mold and you stomp it all and you put them in the oven. Now, when you pull the cookies out, the fro- you might put different frosting on them. In other words, kata, two people doing the same kata, it may not look exactly the same. One, they, Someone might put their own spice on it, right? But it's basically the same form, right? And uh, when you do a form, the sign, when you can tell if someone's doing a really good kata, it, you can tell because you can almost see the opponents and, and the person doing it is so committed. They're so 100% integral. Well, that would be an example of mushin, right? And, and the only way you get there is massive amounts of mindful repetition. Okay, that's really the key. Um, if you're th- wondering a good example of mushin, so if you have a pen handy, uh, if you're able to do this, I want you to uh, take that pen or pencil out and get a piece of paper and write, sign your name. Okay, sign your name again and sign it again. All right, pretty easy. Now, you did that. You didn't have to think about it. It was pretty natural. Now, put the pen in your left hand. Now, try to sign it. See the difference, right? A lot of thought process takes a lot longer. Uh, I know I'm just kind of have my pen in my left hand as I'm talking about it. Man, it's awkward even to hold it, right? Well, after a while, guess what? You could probably get it looking good, but what you need is mindful repetition, right? And and that's really the key to becoming good at anything, to having that, that no mind, that mushin. And what that allows you to do is to be 100% committed and involved in what it is that you're doing. Uh, the key to high performance is energy fueled from positive emotion. It's being, it's having mental clarity, physical energy, and emotional calm. When those three things are all working together and you are in the moment, man, that's mushin. Uh, it's, it's very similar to being in the zone, quote, or what we refer to as satori in the first place is being in the moment at your best. So that's mushin. And once again, it's really hard to shortcut that mindful repetition over time in a particular area. All right, so there's one more mindset I want to share with you, and that is zanshin. Zanshin, roughly translated, means remaining mind. And the concept with remaining mind is the fact that, for example, with remaining mind is in a self-defense situation, uh, if you would imagine that, uh, let's say I, I'm, I'm pumping gas, I go to the gas station and uh, uh, I'm, I'm pumping gas, I put the gas in and out of the corner of my eye, I notice uh, a couple guys leaning against the wall by the gas station and something about them makes me uncomfortable. So I'm now all of a sudden I'm just kind of alert and aware and maybe I, instead of turning my back to them, maybe I adjust so that I can, I, I can see them, whether it be directly or, you know, like I'm staring or I'm just using my peripheral vision. By the way, on a side note, uh, be letting someone, a lot of times what we do, if we see someone that makes, intimidates us or makes us fearful, what we'll do is we, we pretend like we don't see them 
and uh, which is not a good idea. So what that does, that that person knows that and they know you're afraid. That's why you're doing it. So there's nothing wrong with having a casual eye contact to let them know. You might even give them the nod you know, to let them know that you know that they're there. Now, there's an exception. You've got some guy that's homeless, that wants money. You, you, you know, that maybe you don't make eye contact with that guy because you give him an opportunity. But it's kind of a, a you know, a, a thing that you, you acquire, you develop that sensitivity over time. So with Zanshin, um, uh, what I think is important is understand, let's just, let's go back to that situation at the gas station. Chances are, if I see two people, uh, you know, that make me feel uncomfortable, is that 100% that they're going to mug me if I'm not paying attention? Of course not. Chances are 99 out of 100 times, I'm going to be just fine, right? However, maybe that one time I'm not. So what we tends to be, when, we, when we're blind and oblivious to things around us and we think, hey, we're safe, you know, nothing ever happens. Well, yeah. But you don't know how close you may have been, right? And there might always be that one chance. That's why it's so important with Zanshin that you're in public. That's just – it's it's something I, I do and, and uh, I try not to make it because I'm paranoid. It's just a habit that I have as a martial artist is when I go to a restaurant, the first thing I do is I, I just – I'm mindful of where the exit are. I try to sit in a position where my – I can see people walking in and out. I want to be in the seat that I can get out quickly if, if I need to, you know – if harm, if I need to meet harm's way somewhere, you know, there maybe a bad guy and I need to approach him or something along that lines. And, and that's just what I'm doing is I'm trying to cultivate that 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 zanshin and beginner's mind. Now, here's an interesting self defense fact, and that is is that if your instincts. If you have an instinct or a sense about something, your gut feeling about a particular person is not good, I want, I want people to understand that, that your instincts are always right 100% of the time in two areas. Number one, they have your best interest in mind. And number two, they're responding to some stimuli. Now, what that means is, is that if your gut tells you that that guy over there is a bad guy, there's something about them, that doesn't guarantee that he's a bad guy, but there's something about that person that makes you feel uncomfortable. Maybe they look like someone you knew or they're – who knows what the reason is, but your instinct should always be respected, okay? Because once again, they're, they're – they're, they have your best interest in mind. That's, 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 that's generations of, of what uh, we've, we've been thought that uh, passing down that, that genetic code of survival. And part of it is that really developing that, that, that gut feeling. Uh, so another example of Zanshin would be, let's just say, um, you're mindful maybe, you know, of, of a family member, a child or a spouse or a parent that is, is just not you know, themselves that day. They're a little depressed. They're a little down. And in your you're so not so wrapped up in what you're doing, but you're just mindful of that. So you're able to address that. You're aware of that. As an as a teacher, it's your ability to be able to really see everything that's going on in the floor, right? So I'm teaching the class, and I can kind of sense the mood and energy of the people. I know which students to pair off with which students, etc. That's zanshin. That's remaining mind, and um, and that's one of those things. Like after a self defense technique that we might perform, we always get in the habit of creating space. We call it covering out, and that is creating space afterwards. And when I do that, what I do is after I've done did, doing my self-defense technique on someone, I'm going to disengage and I'm going to look left, right and step out of range. I'm looking left, right to be mindful of my surroundings, right? So that's, that's a remaining mind. But I think Zanshin also in business is super important. For an example, that, that means you know what's going on around you. An example of that would be, uh, you know, knowing your statistics. You know, if you run a particular type of business, do you know what statistics? If for personal, do you know, you know, what you, what, you know, where your money is, where you're saving, right? How much you left on your, on your mortgage payment. All that is Zanshin, being, living a life where you're aware of what's going on around you and you know by being aware of it, you're more likely to be able to control the destiny of that. Uh, 
And so I see this in the martial arts business. I see Zanshan remaining mind. Uh, rough, I, I see where that that's people that that are stay mindful of trends. They don't just put on some binders and just only do their own thing. By the way, I'm not saying you should do every trend that comes along, but I am saying is that when you when you're not aware of what's going on around you, sometimes some opportunities might just come right right past you. Right. So uh, if you think of the the company Blockbuster, Blockbuster 15 years ago was massive. Right. There was a Blockbuster on every corner. I don't even think they're in business anywhere. I'm not sure because what happened was is they weren't really maybe paying as close attention to things around them and by the time they uh, that Netflix got such a big hold they really had a hard time recovering from that right so in your business man to be able to know what's going on what are the trends to keep that education uh, going so that you're you're less likely to be caught quote off guard and if you can do this man you know, it can make an incredibly big difference in your ability to uh, maintain uh, you know, uh, control of what's going on. So I want to review these four mindsets again. Uh, so mindset number one was Shoshin. Shoshin means beginner's mind. This, the next one is Fudoshin, and that means uh, immovable mind. The next one is Mushin. Mushin means no mind. The last one is Zanshin, and that means remaining mind. And I, hopefully when, when you heard these, and maybe you've heard them before, maybe you haven't, you can see how you can put those to application. And how you, and if you think about them, if you if you mindfully work, you first I think how you do on those. And is there one that jumps out that, man, I could spend a little more time on that? Then I strongly encourage you is, is to make the – you is to, to make that one a challenge for you that you, you can work on. And by the way, uh, you've never arrived. You're always arriving. And what I mean by that is you're never going to have all these figured out. There's always going to be room for growth. But what's going to happen is is that by, uh, by kind of continuing to try to, to uh, stay on your quest, the mistakes that you, you, you do will be letting less noticeable. And every year you're going to get closer to, you know, it's, we're, of course, we're striving towards perfection, at least – most of the people I run in my circle, that, that's what we, we like to think we're doing. And of course, as Winston Lombardi says, true perfection is unattainable. However, if you chase perfection, you will catch excellence. You're never going to be perfect. But when you really practice these four mindsets and you really strive, then every year you're going to be a bit better than you were in your last. So thanks a ton for tuning in. I really appreciate it for the whole episode and look forward to talking in the future. Bye-bye. 